You're listening to another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your guy, Bully Rye and PJ Steven. Welcome everybody to Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Going a little bit out of order, last time uh, we were with you on a live show, uh, PJ Steven and I said we were going to do a uh, review of Booker T. That is coming at a later date. Uh, today, we are going to review the most recent WWE premium live event, as they describe it, uh, the WWE Elimination Chamber from February 19, 2022, from the Jeddah Superdome in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Before we can get into that, we have to welcome the co-host of the wrestling shows at Tap House and Touchdown, PJ Steven. PJ, how you doing tonight, bud? Uh, pretty good. Not too bad, man. It's been a long day been a long weekend a lot of shows a lot of stuff going on but somehow i still found the time to look at your pretty face so we can talk about elimination chamber the premium live event boy howdy they have a looser definition of premium than i do but (laughs) that being said man um that being said i can't wait to get into this with you yes guys we are going to give you that booker t episode uh probably within the month obviously um because we promised it to you but uh, we wanted to make sure we got we give you the best content, so we're doing as best research as I, as we can of those particular years of Booker T. Uh, so we're having a lot of fun doing that, which is pretty sweet. Absolutely. So uh, so the opening bell here, we're going to give you again the, uh, the the specifics of the show. We're going to run down the card, then we're going to take our short break and go into. Yeah, this is like the uh, obviously if you're stuck in the E mode, you know that like uh, almost every year now. Uh, WWE has done pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia. Um, it's always worked out for them. Um, and some of the events have been very questionable. You have – because they want to capitalize on that audience, they usually have some sort of part-timer or legend, if you will, uh, over there. And I think one of the most – correct me if I'm wrong. I mean this could be you know out there, but these are – these pay-per-views are famous for having your dark horse there, your um, your – your odd man out. But I remember that when I felt the same way when they put Randy Orton in the Elimination Chamber, uh, probably that same year uh, in 2002 when that happened. So that yeah. was fun. either that one or it was the one uh, where Goldberg uh, was in it and Triple H went over in that chamber. I can't remember which one. I get those two confused. Um, the And then we have the Women's Elimination Chamber, which this one is the number, uh, number one contender match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. So we have Alexa Bliss, Dewdrop, Liv Morgan, Nikki, A.S.H., and Rhea Ripley, and, of course, Bianca Belair. Fun stuff there. I can't wait to get into that match. To me, that's the match of the night. Um, we have uh, Roman Reigns and Goldberg. <laughs> I know. We have Roman Reigns and Goldberg for the WWE Universal Championship. Uh, Naomi and Ronda Rousey uh, with Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. That's going to be a cool match. Some of the storylines there is we've had a lot of problems between Sonya Deville and and Naomi. We talked about that on the last uh, Royal Rumble episode that we did. Um, And with, of course, Rousey and Charlotte Flair, it's a perfect combination to tag team those together. On paper, this match looks really, really good. But they have to add in some Gaga saying that Ronda Rousey has to wrestle with one arm tied behind her back. And stay tuned, folks, because you're actually going to hear me talk um, something good about Ronda Rousey because I was almost a little impressed. But maybe I was just in a really good mood. Um, Cotton, and of course, I am shocked. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was a little, I was a little impressed. Um, because oh. like you already can't wrestle like at all. Then you put a bigger handicap on where you like you can't wrestle with both arms, and you made it work. It was okay. We'll talk about it. Um, Becky Lynch and Lita for the WWE Raw for the WWE Raw, Raw Women's Women's Champion. Good God, that was easy for me to say. Hey. Raw Women's Champion. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, put it, put it, put it, put it in post. Put it in post. Uh, yeah, this is a big deal here. Uh, Lita has gone on record saying a lot that she did not support the Saudi Arabia shows because of the way they treat women. But when that paycheck comes calling, you're going to come and do what you're told. Um, now, probably, well, it's probably half right. But um, yeah, good God, good forbid, God forbid, I can't wait to get into that match as well. It's the second largest on the uh, or third largest on the uh, on the card as far as time goes. But yeah, that's really your uh, your main storylines, man. Um, we really start painting a picture for WrestleMania here, and while this does a good job in putting these uh, matches on paper, to me, it was when the bell rang and uh, we were kind of we were kind of left let a little in the dark there. But we're gonna get into that right here on the break it down. Once you uh, sign us out there, Bully Rice, so I can get another Heineken. As uh, PJ Steven alluded to, we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna get right into the card. We're gonna get into break it down. We're going to go through each of these matches and tell you why they sucked or why they were great. More, more, more so why they all were, were very underwhelming. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll break it down right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell them that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina, is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one One Stop Repairs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show and tap outs and touchdowns. Break it down, 2022 Elimination Chamber Edition. Uh, PJ, uh, we're going to start off here. There was one pre-show match on this card that featured Rey Mysterio taking on The Miz uh, after, well, after their, both, <laughs> both of their last two robberies. The Miz is now done with the Edge robbery, apparently. They got the payoff at the Royal Rumble. Um, now we're going to show Miz get into it with another legend in WWE in the Mysterio family. So uh, it's going to, I guess, maybe culminate in this match. Uh, we're recording this while Monday Night Raw is on the air. So we don't know if they're going to continue this. Uh, but Rey Mysterio versus The Miz. Um, spoiler, Rey Mysterio goes over here. There was some gaga where uh, Miz went to go grab a steel chair. Uh, basically pulled the Eddie Guerrero move. Uh, if you haven't been watching, he did allude. He finally made the joke we were all waiting for, waiting to find out uh, if somebody was going to ask Dominic if 
Eddie Guerrero was his real father. Uh, the Miz gets an Eddie Guerrero-like spot where he is tug-of-warring with a steel chair. Uh, the referee would uh, exclude Dominic from ringside in, the, in all the hoopla. Rey Mysterio would get the roll-up win. They would, um, after the match, uh, do the, the duet 619, and they would both hit their own frog splash. Uh, PJ, I didn't rank this match. Um, it was good. I mean, you've got Rey Mysterio and a very underrated Miz in this match. PJ, how'd you feel about this match here, uh, the, the pre-show match here at the Elimination Chamber? Uh, not bad. There's not much to say. We yeah. went like eight minutes, like nine minutes. Uh, Dominic's going to grab a chair, takes it, takes it away. You, you mentioned the tug of war. Uh, he fakes, shoved it into the steps. Um, Dominic didn't even need to be there. He was very, very useless in this match, and that really, really sucks because I think Dominic, if they they let Dominic kind of like have the reins, I think a little bit, man. Like I think he could really be something to be a good wrestler, at least a great mid-carder, but instead we put him in bullshit like this. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, well, that leads us to the main card, and we knew we were going to be starting off with something that uh, something of importance here to start off the Saudi Arabia card. The Universal Championship is on the line. Roman Reigns taking on. You know, hold on, hold on one second, boy. I gotta, I, I gotta get this off my chest. Um, you know why I really hated the finish of that match too, and I we shouldn't even be still talking about the pre-show here, but um, so <laughs> because Miz fakes going into the steps, it's an ejection. To Dominic, right? Dominic gets told to go, so he leaves, and then Ray cradles and rolls him up one, two, three. And not it's only, like, yeah, not only does he get the roll up, but Dominic never even gets out of the arena. He's halfway yeah. up the ramp when Mysterio yeah. wins. So it's just like, what's the fucking point? Why it. all the why all the nonsense? Anyway, that's just yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Listen, you've got the people booking this stuff, uh, and you've got morons like us. They're going to continue to watch it. So. That's why that's why they booked it this way. You know what the difference is? You know what the difference is? I only watched it because I have to do this podcast. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, listen, I uh, I did I did a radio show with Desmond Johnson on uh, on, on Saturday. That's the man. Right, right before going on, uh, right before the show was on the air. So um, I I was kind of cautiously optimistic that it was going to be a good uh, good card, and in this opener, this opener stuck it up. Uh, Goldberg taking on Roman Reigns, a match that was supposed to take place two years ago at WrestleMania. Uh, probably would have been a better match two years ago, but if you recall, two years ago was 2020. That was the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Roman Reigns with the compromised immune system from his uh, leukemia uh, treatment uh, or did not take part in WrestleMania in 2020. Goldberg would go on to lose to Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship that year. So we're going to get Fast forward two years older for Goldberg taking on Roman Reigns, who has had the third longest world championship streak in, uh, in, in WWE history, I believe they called it, the longest since the 80s. Um, it's, uh, it, was, it was really interesting how they, how they were basically saying that it was Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, and Pedro Morales. So I guess that would make him fourth on the list of world championship reigns. Um, but, but I digress. Uh, Goldberg and Roman Reigns, I'll go in. I've got a few notes here. Uh, you get Goldberg, no intro from the back out of the locker room that we normally see. No finger gloves for Goldberg, which is a, a unique look here because we're not used to seeing Goldberg without gloves. You know, I know you'll disagree with me because you don't like part-timers, and I don't think you're particularly fond of Goldberg. Uh, outside of his match with The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, I thought he's looked 
decent. Take into consideration that he's 40-something plus. And I, I see the way you're looking at me. I don't. I didn't say good. For what he is supposed to do in the ring, he has looked decent in some of the matches that he's been in. Doesn't look good already at the start of this match. At the introduction, like your challenger from Atlanta, Georgia, Goldberg, champion Roman Reigns, he didn't look ready then. Uh, so I knew it wasn't going to look good. Um, you know, the, the main note that I had for the match was that he hit, he, he gets put in the guillotine. You get a couple of te- uh, uh, spear teases. He goes to put Roman Reigns in the jackhammer. That comes down. He gets put in the guillotine. PJ, we always talk about trying to add logic to illogical situations. And we talked about uh, in, in another group chat that this typically happens from the baby faces. The heels typically go the way that this, this went. Goldberg was put in the guillotine, and he got the ropes. Was in the ropes, holding on to the ropes. Um, the ref didn't break it. Didn't start the, the five count. And he just went to the ground, and very quickly, uh, his hand would not uh, react. He would pass out. If you if you're, if you can't really see what I'm doing here, uh, you, you quote unquote passes out. Roman Reigns goes over. Very short match. PJ, you probably got the time on this match. One and a half stars from your guy Billy Rye. PJ, I know you're not going to have much to add to this, uh, but do you have the time on this match? And, and just overall, how'd you feel about this match? Match went six minutes. Goldberg was blown up during the introduction. Again, that's how I knew it was going to be terrible. And it's it's Goldberg, man. Like, yeah, he looks decent. Anyone can look decent. Uh, you know, anyone can can look decent. It's about putting on the show. And I think sometimes, uh, sometimes these part timers they forget that they're putting on a show. Instead, it seems like a selfish. Well, I got one more in me. I got one more in me. I could do it. One more in me. And it's like, you know, I, I for for the audience's sake, next time you have a thought, just let it go. So and I and I think and and again, I, I can't say too much here as well because of what they're doing in Saudi Arabia. Like the Saudi Arabian fans, they want to see big Bill Goldberg. I mean, you gotta be you gotta remember. They're they're looking at Taker and Goldberg going, this is awesome, and we're looking at Taker and Goldberg and going like, what the hell is happening? This, I mean, uh, that, that's stuff that they wanted to see that they never had access to when everybody right. was in their prime. So this is right. like, oh my god, I'm seeing Jesus versus Satan on on TV. To your point about part timers, you know, I feel like I've got one more. A couple things. One, I believe that this is Goldberg's last contractual obligation to WWE unless he signs a new deal for a match. So you'd probably be happy of that. I don't know if there's validity to that, but that's what I was hearing after the match. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I, we talked about on the show before, who's going to be the guy that knocks off Roman Reigns? At this point, after his victory versus Goldberg, which is something, again, they wanted to see two years ago, the dream match, the spear versus the spear, the, 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 new, the new era Goldberg versus the actual Goldberg. Um... After defeating Goldberg, I believe that in this one span of his title reign, Roman Reigns has now defeated every single person who has held the Universal Championship. It's mm-hmm. as much as like as as bad as the match was, and I'm glad it didn't go longer than six minutes. Um, very underwhelming with the finish because you just it wasn't the the, the the emphasis about his arm not falling was just it, – it wasn't there, and so that's why the, the finish fell flat for me. But 
the story they're they're putting behind Roman Reigns and this win is is intentional. And as bad as the match was, I think they they got the point across that now Roman Reigns has has taken on everybody who's ever held the title, and that's something else that he'll be able to boast about on SmackDown this week. You know what I mean? So you talk about like who's going to take the title off of it. Like, um, are you? I guess we don't know who the right guy is to take the belt off of it, but we to take the belt off of him. Excuse me. But um, do you agree that it should be? You know, do you agree that it should be someone who's not a part timer? Uh, like yes. did the right guy? Did the right guy? get the belt from the fiend in Saudi Arabia? Like, we mentioned that. No, I mean, listen, so we can talk about the right guy versus the wrong guy getting the title. Um, it was the right time, I guess, to give McIntyre the title two years ago at WrestleMania. Why would you have him then wrestle the big show uh, in, a, in a, like, an untelevised match that would go on Raw the next night? Like, we talk about the right guys versus the wrong guys getting to, to take the title. Was Sheamus the right guy to take the title off of John Cena years ago? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, one could argue the not because he didn't really have much of a push. He was an ECW guy getting a push from Jesse the Body Ventura, and John Cena falls backwards through a table, and now Sheamus is a, is a one-time champion. So, obviously, everything is building up, and I, and I, and I, will, I will die on the sword. Roman Reigns will hold the Universal Championship until 2023, where he will either lose it to the rock at Royal rumble in 2023 or the rock will win the Royal rumble in 2023. We'll go on to face Roman reigns at WrestleMania and he will either get fed to Roman reigns again, or he'll be the one to take the title off of Roman just to put it back on Roman a month later. I sounds just, terrible. It does sound terrible. But that sounds this, terrible because you have, I hate, I hate this idea of, of, uh, a guy, and I get, you know, I get The Rock, you know, he he's the guy. But I hate this fucking thought of a guy can just waltz in, title match, bitch, I'ma win it. You know, I hate it. And Weird. even, and even, well, let's be real. That's what just happened with Goldberg. He didn't win it, but he waltzed right in and got a title shot. Listen, so again, when you're feeding your champion legends, I don't think there's a stronger legend to feed him than The Rock. Um, and that's And that's coming from a Goldberg mark. Um, you know, he was fed John Cena at SummerSlam in 2021. I could maybe I could be wrong because the Undertaker almost went out at Survivor Series, which is where he debuted. Maybe we get The Rock taking on Roman Reigns at Survivor Series and getting fed to Roman Reigns. So now, as I mentioned, Roman Reigns will hold the title until 2023, but now he's already been fed the Rock at Survivor Series. The Rock gets to officially retire from in-ring action where he debuted, similar to the way The Undertaker pseudo did it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're just kind of sitting around wondering who's going to take it. Is it going to be someone who's not even on the main roster yet? Are we going to get Braun Breaker coming in and taking the title off Roman Reigns? Are we going to get would be a just, That would be fine. It should be someone who who can use the win to then cuz you always I don't understand this I don't understand this mentality of of staying the same. To me if you're not getting better you're not getting you're if you're not getting better you're getting worse. Yeah. So if you bring in somebody and you have him beat Roman Reigns, holy shit, he beat Roman Reigns. If Lesnar did it, if Goldberg did it, if The Rock did it, it would just be like okay, 
They brought a legend in. Of course he beat Ray. Of course that was the guy that defeated Roman Reigns. He's a legend. But if you bring in, if you build it correctly like an Austin Theory or a Matt Riddle or a Braun Breaker, he defeated Roman Reigns. Whoa. Yeah. This so, is the guy. That's why I'll, it made no sense for me to have that, that's why it made no sense for Lesnar to defeat The Undertaker for the streak. Yeah, no, that that didn't make sense to me. I don't think that streak should have ever been broken. Uh, especially because two years later you have Undertaker lose to Roman anyway. This, it, it no longer meant anything. Um, and that would have been fine if if, Roman, if Reigns would have beat the streak, and it would have it would have solidified my my theory on all right. Reigns beat Taker his yard now. Yeah. Now Reigns has to not pass the torch because he's not retiring. But I'm saying get that next guy over. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't make any sense for him to give it to somebody who's already been there. I, I, I want to move on, but before I do, I, I also want to touch back on this later on because you mentioned uh, you, you put Brock in the uh, in the same category as The Rock and Goldberg and even Cena for that matter. Uh, but Brock has been a much more of a full-timer during this stint than he has been in probably the last five years he's been in WWE. You have to that's admit, fair. Yeah, he's that's been fair. on Raw almost every week. He's been on SmackDown at least twice a month. He's been at both the Royal Rumble – and and the the, the pay per view in Saudi Arabia, uh, he was I believe he was in the final. He was on day one because uh, that's where he lost the championship to Bobby Lashley. So he's been consistently on WWE TV. So I don't I don't think it's fair. In the past, yes, I don't think it's fair that this run right now, it's 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 appropriate to put him in that part time account. Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. Um, but in the interest of time, let's move along here. The next match on the card, I think you and I agree, it was the highest rated match that I gave on this card. The Women's Elimination Chamber match for the Raw Women's Championship spot at WrestleMania. Bianca Belair taking on Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley. Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., and a returning Alexa Bliss. Um, I missed it on Raw last, uh, I guess it was last Monday now, where she completed her counseling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, however, she still came out as her old, uh, semi-old gimmick, um, you know, a la uh, uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, a couple of notes here. Uh, Liv Morgan doing her best Britney Spears impression. Um, I don't know if you caught that or not, but she was <laughs> blonde hair, full red bodysuit. Oops. Oops, oh, yeah, Liv, yeah. oops, Liv did it again because she did not win this match. Um, Alexa Bliss looking stunning in her return. I will never, never get over it. Um, I didn't take, like I said, didn't take a lot of match. It was uh, a whole lot of notes. Some really good action. Not perfect, but has some really fun spots. Uh, predictable winner. Um, but I found myself rooting for Alexa Bliss as she was one of the final two. However, she would be put down uh, by the EST of WWE, and we get a rematch from what was a five-second squash at SummerSlam 2021. Uh, I guess that's a spoiler later on. At least in this in, in this point in time, we're looking to hopefully get a rematch here. Bianca Belair wins the Elimination Chamber match and goes on to take the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, hopefully in a couple matches on the card, we'll see that, that Becky Lynch will be the one to go to WrestleMania. Uh, I digress. Uh, PJ, again, I gave this match four stars, my highest, highest rated match on the card. What did you have to say about the women's elimination chamber here? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I gave it three and a half stars. The right woman won. Um, and I, I loved that Alexa Bliss was the um, – was the last one eliminated. I think I thought that was super fun. Really short chamber, 15 minutes, 45 seconds. 
pretty sure it's the shortest in in chamber history, and I, I can fact check. I'll fact check that, but I'm pretty sure it's the shortest in history. It's got to be one of the shortest, uh, shortest in history. Um, telling great stories here, a lot of risks here. Uh, a 450. There's some uh, the the <laughs> the code red that Bliss gives. Man, is really really killer. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this match, and yeah. each woman each each woman did a really good job. Um, I hate that Rhea because like. As much as I wanted to see Bliss, um, you know, I, I love that Bliss is in that top two or that final two. I would have liked to see Rhea and Bianca kind of go at it just a little bit more. I think that that's a, a a really good match waiting to happen, in my opinion. I know are you still you still don't really get Rhea, right? That's the it's thing. Not, listen, I don't get Rhea. Okay, it's, it's not that I don't get her. I just I'm not a fan. Okay, uh, I think uh, now, and this is. This is part of where you think I don't get her. I thought she looked visually, she looked better before she became punk rock. But I, 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 I understand the gimmick. I understand that there's a there's a niche for that 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 look. Um, but I just, I still don't, I don't love but her in ring work. Do you do you do, do you not get her the same way you don't get Darby Allen because of that sake? Because you just mentioned like, what? No, I'm serious. What's sort of unspoken there is the the punk rock gimmick. And you said before, you said before that you didn't like Ty- Darby Allen's punk rock skateboarding like bullshit gimmick, uh, and then now I'm hearing this. So I'm just asking. No, I yeah, no, I'm just, we're just asking questions. We're just asking questions. I'm just I'm that, just asking questions. It sounds like Eric Cartman from that one episode of South Park when he did the morning. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, we're just asking questions. We're just asking questions. Um, god, we could we could do a whole podcast on that show. Anyway, um, no, like. I understand the gimmick. I don't were like Darby. Were you were you beat up by a bunch no, of skateboarders? I don't like Darby Allen because I I don't find him believable. It's not that I don't like his his work per se. I just don't find what he does believable. The same so if way he was, if he was, that if I he was found blonde hair, if he was blonde hair, okay. If he was wearing a luchador mask and blonde haired, not punk rock, didn't paint his face, you'd find him believable. No, I still wouldn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm again. I'll die on this hill too, and I'll be consistent. But no, like, so getting back to Rhea Ripley for just a second, and we'll move on. Uh, There is there is a rumor that the next big uh, rivalry that we're gonna see is gonna be Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. It's perfect. I think it's time that we sort of move away from putting the four horsewomen at the top of the card. Uh, Agreed. Becky Lynch is probably going to stay there for a while because of what she's been able to do on her own, and now with her relationship with someone who they are pushing hard uh, going into 2023 again. In in in, in Colby Lopez, um, mm-hmm. we'll call him what his what his wrestling name is later in the show. Um, but I think that relationship doesn't hurt. But when you get like you think about the four horsewomen, Bailey's been injured. She was at the top of the card before she went out. Uh, I think we, we could all agree that Charlotte Flair doesn't need the title to involve herself in in storylines, pay-per-views, whatever whatever we may have it. Um, Bailey is going to come back, and she'll put herself back in the, in the in the fray. But when it comes to Sasha Banks, her and this is going to be a really bad comparison because they're obviously di- different situations entirely. Oh, this but is going to be good. She reminds me of late 90s Scott Hall in that we never know when we're going to see her. 
Now, Scott Hall's situation was much different because he had his substance abuse troubles and, and, you know, unfortunately he wasn't able to overcome them until much later in his life. But with Sasha, we never know, is she hurt? Do they just not have anything for her? Is she upset with buddy, somebody in creative? Like she always comes back. We're like, we're finally going to get the Sasha Banks push. And then she's gone for another six months. So when I say that it's time to go to somebody different um, outside of the four horsewomen, I think a Bel Air Ripley rivalry would be good to help build on something different because the four horsewomen uh, of WWE have monopolized the women's division for, I mean, going on what, five, five to 10 years yeah. at this point. And, you know, and that's what I want to touch on too. Uh, and then we'll, we can move on because um, we have another women's match to get to. Um, that's why I enjoy the AEW women's roster a million times better because they've booked it so well, in my opinion, that all of those women have a chance to, to like any of those women. If I were to see them in a match against Britt Baker, I would say they have a chance to defeating Britt Baker. Yeah. Whereas, it, whereas in this, if you put any of these women against any of four horse women, it ain't happening. Excuse me. And Ronda Rousey. I mean, in fairness, you talk about anybody has a chance to knock off Britt Baker. If I'm not mistaken, and we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll kind of segue this into this match. Just about every woman that's been on the main roster for quite some time has had a run with the women's championship. Uh, you know, look at look at the elimination chamber. Now, granted, at some point, I hope that Dewdrop will go back to being Piper Niven, but that's another story. Uh, Bianca Belair is a former champion. Rhea Ripley is a former champion. Nikki A.S.H. is a former champion. Alexa Bliss is a former champion. The only two people not a former champions in the elimination chamber were Liv Morgan and Dewdrop, and both of them did not get singles pushes until relatively recently, but we all expect uh, Liv Morgan to get a run with the title at some point. And then Dewdrop has become the Nia Jax role uh, in, in the WWE right now. So I, I would expect her to have a run with the title, uh, but segueing into the next, even the tag team match that we have next, all but one person in the tag team matches had a run with the women's championship. We get Naomi, Naomi and Ronda Rousey, both former champions, uh, taking on Charlotte Flair, the current SmackDown champion, and Sonya Deville, the only person ever to hold the women's championship, uh, you know, in, in this match. So you talk about everybody having a chance to knock off Britt Baker. They haven't. Everybody, every woman on the on the WWE roster at some point has been women's champion. And I think we've talked right, about that, this before. Right, but that's, that's not what I said. What I said was if had a chance to knock off one of the four horsewomen. Well, well everybody not expected Liv Morgan to have a shot, and all of a sudden – that went by the wayside. So I agree. So, so my point is, my, my point is not that they didn't receive a didn't get their uh, the belt. The point is that they did not. Some of them, and not all of them, but most of them, didn't defeat a four horsewoman to become that, that champion. Sense. You see that my point. My, my points. My point's not that they didn't get the belt. It's just that they they they've done the same. The Roman Reigns. I'll you know I'll die on this hill. They've booked themselves in a corner to where it almost looks impractical for one of these women to defeat um, one of the one of the horsewomen. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, but like I said, we're segueing into the tag team match. I gave us two and a half stars. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Uh, PJ, we, again, Naomi and Ronda Rousey. Uh, spoiler, they're going to get the win over Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville here. Um, I noticed, obviously, you're in Saudi Arabia, so the women are going to have to be in full body suits. 
Uh, not only is Ronda Rousey in her full, uh, I guess, judo uh, gear, uh, but she ain't got no makeup on <laughs> while she's getting her hand tied behind her back. Um, PG, I'm going to let you start us off with this match. Uh, I didn't take a whole lot of notes. Um, I thought there was some really ugly stuff between Charlotte and Ronda. Um, but beyond that, I mean, you saw you saw kind of the finish coming to uh, PJ, you said you had some nice things to say about Ronda Rousey in this match. So now I'm curious, what do you have to say about this tag team match here in Saudi Arabia? So I really didn't like this match. Uh, we went nine minutes, 15 seconds here. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. I think I gave it two stars. Um, excuse me. I love the idea of Rousey and DeVille starting it off. That's really cool to me. And that makes sense. Love it. The point of the, the, the gimmick of this match is uh, Ronda has one arm tied behind her back. I was – because I don't think Ronda Rousey can wrestle. I still don't think that at all. Um, and no one's – you know, you're not going to change my mind. I hope she – I don't want you to change my mind. I want her to change my mind. That being said, I think she moved really well for this handicap. Whether it was a gimmick handicap or not, you have one arm tied behind your back. That shit's fucking hard. Um to, to move in a wrestling ring with one arm tied behind your back. And uh, she, I think she moved pretty well. Uh, she didn't move great, but like just for, for that handicap, I, I, I was a little impressed because I was like, oh my God, you're handicapped. The, you're handicapping the handicap. Like, what are we doing? Um, literally, uh, uh, what is it? The, what is the thing that JR says? Like, I got an ass kick. Yeah, she was a one legged man in an ass kicking contest. But you know, she time. made she made the ass contest. She made the ass kicking contest. She made the ass work. contest work. Oh, man, I'm, I make the ass contest. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the ass man before uh, this yeah. podcast is over with. But um, yeah, very predictable. We get the hot tag, bring Rousey in, setting up a Piper's Pit to DeVille. Um, yeah, DeVille taps. I hated to see that, but I get it. You're not gonna, you're not gonna do it to uh, Charlotte. Uh, you know, I was also a little uh, concerned too. Not concerned. That's not the right word. But I was a little bummed. Like I don't think Naomi got a whole lot of uh, ring time here, and that kind of sucked. Yeah, I kind of saw that coming too. I mean, like you said, it was it was very predictable. Uh, Charlotte leaves Sony Deville behind to let her eat the arm bar. Uh, so you knew she was going to tap. Um, you knew yeah, Ronda was going to get a win leading into her WrestleMania match with Charlotte. Right. And I didn't love this match. Like, I didn't love it at all. But it did its job. It set yeah. it up. You know, it did its job. That's all it really needed to do, I guess. I, I just wish I could have my cake and eat it, too. Like, why can't it be a good match and set things up? Well, this ain't New Japan, brother. This is WWE. This is Saudi Arabia. You know oh, what I'm saying? Listen to you. So, Hell yeah. Uh, I digress. We're going to move on to the next match here. Uh, because I gave this match, I gave this match more more stars than I gave the previous match. Uh, false gun anywhere. Drew McIntyre, Mad Cat Moss. Not gonna lie, I've been calling him Mad Cat with a T, as in Tommy Boy for for a while until I realized, oh, it's Mad Cat. I don't yeah. get why, I don't get what the hell Mad Cap is from. But I digress. Um, man, PJ, is it just me? Are you done with you done with with McIntyre's sword? Are you ready for somebody to go ahead and like? melt it down into a chain or some shit at this point. Like I'm so yeah, I, over I, I the really, sword. I, I am over the sword. Um, I was over the sword when it, when he first brought it out. Like I feel like Vince saw, and I'd love, I'd love to illustrate this. Like Vince saw Braveheart for the first time. And it was just like, God damn. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, get Drew a sword. Oh, yeah. you know what? I have a sword. I yeah. have a sword. He brings it to work the next day. And he's like, Drew, 
I got something to show you. <laughs> and Drew, Drew's just like, all right, like whatever. He pulls out a fucking sword out of his pocket somehow, pulls out a sword out of his pocket, and he's just like, you're going to take this to the ring, and you're going to throw it right into the ramp, and you're going to walk down, god damn it. Yeah, like I, I, I bet he fucking like just creamed his pants watching Braveheart and was like, yeah. ugh. I wish I had a Scottish guy on my uh, on my roster. And uh, yeah. Vince, you you do you have a, a Jew Jew McIntyre? Hot damn! God damn it! All right, right. you know, like yeah. he's so just happy. So yeah, uh, that's what I picture. Um, but you know what? That sword has more personality than fucking Mad Cat Moss, so he can stay around as long as Moss is around. Well, we start this match with no disqualification, falls kind of anywhere, and he and Corbin are getting involved early again. Logic, illogical situations. Why doesn't it just become a two-on-one handicap match and they just beat the shit out of Drew McIntyre for 15 minutes? Because that's yep. what it should and could have been. Um, uh, but I digress. Uh, I actually, in my notes, wrote hashtag logic in illogical situations. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the spot of the match here was the uh, similar to what, um, and I can't remember his name now, uh, The people get it, people have issues when you take moves where you go face first on the mat instead of, trying to take a back bump uh where they tuck their heads uh ellsworth james ellsworth took a oh the the styles clash, he took the like styles clash yeah. where he, he tucked his head and clash had to pull up so he didn't paralyze the guy uh mcintyre hits a reverse alabama slam and yeah. madcap moss decides to tuck his head uh instead of uh going you know face first and, and going the opposite way and lands square on the top of his head god knows how we didn't see uh, the second coming of draws in this match because he fell so hard on his head and jammed his neck so hard i legitimately thought he was going to paralyze himself you know why he did that i because he's mad because he doesn't know how to fucking work in a ring well, never to correct. This is the, this is the second or third time that he's done that in an nxt house show uh nxt tv and then now here i'm like it's, it's so crazy it's it's wild that they kept replaying it, considering that they won't show former headshots, like chair shots to, to faces. Uh, but they show replayed this spot like three or four times in this match. Um, I, you know, again, I know you said he can't work in the ring. You got to give him, give him a little bit of credit for continuing on with this match when he shouldn't be able to feel his appendages at this point. Um, we talked about how bad we hate the sword. Drew McIntyre has the sword in his hand when he hits the Claymore. And gets the win over Madcap Moss here. Uh, talk about talk about just so unnecessarily dangerous. Like uh, the guy's like, already broken his neck in this match, and now you're gonna want to have a chance to get sliced by a fucking sword. Yeah, it's uh, it, that was that was really really weird and just yeah. so unnecessary. Um, you know, you talk about like giving credit to Madcap for continuing the match. Like it's not Stone Cold getting hit for, with a fucking tombstone. Like he got fucking rocked. Like, this looked uglier than that tombstone. Yeah, but what was the result? Madcap's on Raw the next night. I don't know. He it, Raw's on tonight. I don't know if he's on there or not. Oh, well, I'm not tuning in to see, so maybe you're <laughs> absolutely correct. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, you're right. again, this, this match probably went a little too long because, again, Madcap Moss died in the middle of the match. Uh, <laughs> after, after the match, we get a Miz promo, so I guess the rivalry with the Mysterios is not over. As he teases looking for a tag team partner on Monday Night Raw, uh, if you've been living under a rock, Cody Rhodes is no longer with AEW. 
Uh, some people are thinking that maybe this is how Cody gets back on WWE TV. Uh, some people are teasing that it might be somebody like Logan Paul, uh, Bad yeah. Bunny, even though Bad Bunny, it wouldn't make any sense because he's been feuding with Miz ever since he came into the fray last year. Um, you know who would be a really good tag team partner for him right here? It's his fucking tag team partner that they just fired less than six months ago. <laughs> and and yeah, John Morrison. He that's would have funny. had a tag team partner had they not fired him, but I digress. Uh, next up, it will wind uh, up. Before we, before we get into that, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I just want to – I know we got to have to move on. But you mentioned Cody Rhodes. I got to say, my two cents, I think he should go to New Japan. And I know that's coming from a New Japan mark that thinks he does nothing wrong. But, like, in my opinion, or they do nothing wrong. But in New Japan, when Cody was there for those couple – well, it was about a year and a half, and he did a couple Wrestle Kingdoms. To me, he was fucking thriving in New Japan for wrestling, and I and loved, loved, loved seeing him. Um, so that's just my two cents um, uh, on, on Cody Rhodes. I agree completely. I think he deserves – I think he should go back to New Japan, uh, feud with guys like Jay White. Because uh, here's the thing, New Japan has a working relationship with both AEW and Impact Wrestling. So yeah. if he goes back to New Japan, he could still show up on AEW TV. He's no mm -hmm. longer an AEW contracted wrestler, and he could compete for the AEW World Championship. Because if you remember when he lost uh, to, I think it was Jericho, I can't remember who it was, but he said as long as he was with AEW, he would never buy for the title again. So that would right. be his way of doing it. But I digress. Next up on the card here, it will wind up being the penultimate match on the card, the Raw Women's Championship, the Hall of Famer Lita taking on Becky Lynch. Uh, PJ, I'm going to let you start us off here because I didn't have really nice things to say about them, this match. I gave it two stars. I gave it less – less. I, I, I gave it a lower rating than the Mad Cat Moss match, and Mad Cat Moss almost died. Uh, PJ, what did you have to say about Lita versus Becky Lynch here? Two stars. She still doesn't have it. I wrote – and this should this should this should please you. Rhoda looks like a Loda. Lena looks like a female Goldberg out there, old and slow. Yeah, I you know, and I hate to say that, man, but like, and we went twelve minutes here. We went like eleven way minutes, too way too long. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we we get. <laughs> I tried to make a joke there, and I just couldn't oh no, do it. I got it. That's Listen, what she said. We went I, too long. I, woke, I got it. I woke up. I woke up. Uh, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. I went to work, uh, had a, had inventory, and I literally had been home and then opened up the spear. No, okay. uh, I took a, I took a shower too. I smell all right, um, but what doesn't smell all right is this fucking stinker of a match. Um, some cool spots. We get uh, Becky's middle rope famous or look fucking sweet. Becky looks great out there. She's trying to make lead a look like a million bucks, and I'm just telling you it. That's like trying to make fucking real money look like Monopoly money. It's not going to happen, uh, or vice versa. Um, yeah, I just didn't really love this at all, man. Uh, Becky's hitting the man sl uh, manhandle slam for two. Lita's um, trying to get up on the rope. She misses the moonsault, which looked just wow. Or Lynch misses the moonsault, uh, rather. Lita tries to hit a twist of fate into a Lita salt of her own, and it just looked so rough, man. Like you're talking Dude. about Matt Cap almost fucking going. That could have been oh. it for fucking Lita. Lynch gets up, hit another manhandle slam for the win. I mean, Here's no. Here's the deal. Yeah, the, it just did, it just didn't look good. The botch of the night took place in this match, and I've mentioned a few times about how Madcap Moss almost died in the previous match. Lita went for a sleeper on Becky Lynch, where they were both on the ground, and got her around the forehead, like not even the forehead, 
It was above uh, her forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. she's got a sleeper on, and it wasn't. It was. It was like up here, like or over her hair. Like, how do you miss? How do you miss the sleeper hold? Like, you're both on the ground. Like, how do you miss the sleeper hold? Crowd is super hot for it, but they're also hot for every nostalgia act that comes over. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Becky sold hard for Lita, uh, but the false finish for the twist of fate and the moonsault tells you that Lita is not getting the win here. Uh, and right on cue, uh, we get the second manhandle slam. I'm going to call it the rock bottom. Uh, Becky Lynch defends her Raw Women's Championship, and we officially will get our SummerSlam 21 rematch. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, uh, a vengeful a spot here for Bianca Belair after the squash at WrestleMania after Becky goes over here. Um, do you think, do you think, I mean, Lita got a lot of shine in this match. Do you think she got too much? She, she kept talking about how she wanted, she had another run in her. She didn't get the title afterwards. She, she cries in the ring. Cause I think she knows this is probably the last time she's ever going to step foot into a ring competitively. Again, I don't think she needs to be in another Royal rumble. I don't think she needs to do anything physically in a ring again. Um, and I think she knew that. And uh, if she, <laughs> what's crazy is you mentioned that she was always against the Saudi Arabian, you know, shows, but she gets, uh, she gets a curtain call here. Uh, she walks out the ring. The, the crowd is going crazy for her, runs back in the ring, does her, you know, does her little like, you know, farewell. Uh, we probably hopefully seen the last of Lita in a ring here um, in Saudi Arabia. That leads us to somebody else who thank God we've seen the last in a ring. Hall of Fame. Oh, yes. Yeah, we get a Hall of Fame promo for The Undertaker. Uh, Thank before, God. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, officially, it's officially official. The Undertaker is going into the Hall of Fame. He will headline this class. Uh, prior to that, we got the what should have been the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Well, well, we can't just skip over that real no, quick. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it, but we skipped okay, over the tag okay. team match that didn't happen. The, the Viking oh, Raiders yeah, would – yeah. The Viking Raiders would come down to the ring for their match. The Usos would attack them pre-entrance. Uh, they hit a double suplex from Ivar onto Eric, and that was enough to put them out of action. We would get no SmackDown Tag Team title match. Uh, no rating for me in this match. But as you mentioned, The Undertaker, who officially retired from in-ring action, is going into the Hall of Fame this year. He will headline the class. Uh it's a pretty big consensus amongst pro wrestlers that if there was one person who deserved all the accolades that they have, it's the undertaker. Uh, PJ, are you, ha- obviously you gotta be happy about this hall of fame induction. Um, which, which version of the undertaker do you think deserves to be in the hall of fame more than the others? So we're talking like ministry mm. of darkness undertaker. We're talking original American badass, uh, the reincarnation of the dead man. If there was, if you had to take one of those four and make that one more Hall of Fame worthy than the others, who would you be? Who who would you put in there? Yeah, that's that's a really tough one, man. That's a good question. Um, man, I I like part of me wants to say that 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 beautiful '96 to like '99 run. I love that Undertaker. The different attire, the different storylines, the you know what, fuck it, I will because my first thought when I think of who's who deserves it the best out of that those um, those eras is when he comes back at WrestleMania twenty and then so on, um, you know, Warrior Rumble win, multi-time champion win, you know, that's when we start seeing the streak and how beautiful that is. But um, I think that 
it is the late '90s Undertaker that you know, 90, like I mentioned, the '96 to the the '99 Taker, uh, because to me, it has one of the greatest and most influential storylines in WWE history, and that is the Undertaker and Kane storyline. Uh, I think that's the one that go that if I had to pick one to why that one goes in or why that 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 worker goes in, it's got to. To me, it's that one. Yes, that Attitude Era Undertaker post purple and gray ties and gray gloves. It's the, uh, yeah. the stitching on the shirts. Uh, it's it's that transitioning into the Ministry of Darkness character. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a, sort of it, it, to me. To me, it starts like with uh, his rivalry with mankind when we yeah. get the the him at Survivor Series and um, or SummerSlam, one of those where uh, it's a boiler room brawl match and Heyman bet- or Heyman, ha! Paul Bearer betrays Taker and all this, and we get the buried alive, and then we, you know, I mean. That kind of shit, to me, I think that warrants. And I know I just mentioned a lot of gimmicks there, but um, I think that's uh, – now, question for you. I want to let you answer your own question, but question for you, and this is kind of unanimous, unanimous in my opinion. Uh, who um, who inducts him? God. You know, if he was still here, I would say Paul Bear. But it's got to it, – it's got to be Kane, right? Like, No. Come on. Oh, Brother Love? You can say Brother Love? No, no. Vince McMahon has to induct The Undertaker. You think? Why? Why, why, why? Do you say Vince? why do you say Vince? Vince, because at the end of the day, who is to blame for Undertaker's the last couple runs that he's had um, over, the, over the years? Vince is always the guy that calls him. Uh, Vince is always the one that sets it up. Vince, obviously, he's the CEO. You know, he's the owner of the company. But um, I think... No other wrestler, maybe Hulk Hogan, but that's even pushing it. No other wrestler has meant more to his company than The Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, and 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 that's that's kind of expressed in that Undertaker documentary, the 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 five whatever uh, final days, of The Undertaker, whatever it was. Um, I can I can I can get on board with what you're saying, but Undertaker had some of the most iconic rivalries with. All of the big stars. I mean, his first championship, he took off a of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, he rivaled Hall of Famer Mankind, Mick Foley. He rivaled Hall of Famer Kane. Uh, I could Shawn see Mick, I could I could see Mick Foley and Kane uh, uh, inducting him. No, no argument. I, but you know, if, I would. If you're if you're picking the guy, if I, if I'm the guy picking. Um, and no offense to Mick Foley or Kane, big fans of those guys, but uh, that they're not they're they're not the guys. Here's 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 my you know I'll, I'll I'm gonna take your your suggestion and 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 I'll run with it. I think Vince should be the one to induct, but I think they will be doing a grave disservice if they let the Undertaker get inducted without a line of all the people that he rivaled behind him on the stage. So you've got you're gonna have Mick Foley, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kane, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones off the top of my head. Those are the big ones. Uh, yeah, I was going to say uh, Mark Henry, Lesnar should be there. Le- um, yeah, Lesnar's the one that ended the streak. Um, I, yeah, I think Mark Henry, especially later in his career. JBL uh, was was a big rivalry yeah. when, when JBL was the longest reigning SmackDown champion. So, yeah, uh, I feel like if you have if you have him inducted, you ought to have everybody who he rivaled with him because they all raised themselves to that higher level. That. Honestly, honestly, too, like how and uh, you know, this is 
kind of like what they did with Rick Flair the next night on Raw and had that ceremony for him and all that. And Flair cried a waterfall of tears. I'd love, I, I would, I would love to see that for Taker because he deserves that. Yeah, I just don't know if Undertaker wants that. I think that's the problem. Is the Undertaker? Yeah, he probably he probably doesn't like. Uh, you know, he's 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 big into he's he's a classic businessman. He wants to keep kayfabe, you know, the way it is. But man, frick, I'd love to see it. I'm with yeah, you. I mean, you know, I I am I Undertaker is forever probably besides maybe Sting, my favorite wrestler. And I know I've said a lot of things like you know uh, he didn't belong in that ring. He didn't, you know. But that doesn't account for the fact that, like, he is the guy to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I always see those little memes in Suplex City or wherever where it has like Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Triple H. Like, you know, which which wrestler would you erase your entire history of or whatever? And like, I just it blows my mind the people, the amount of people that pick the Undertaker because without him, without him, to me. The, the business just wouldn't be where it was today. I think he is one of the most influential pillars in WWE history, period. Um, and whether it's a gimmick that's lasted more than some people's careers, um, whether it's uh, his work ethic, even trying to, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a greater age, it doesn't get better than The Undertaker. It doesn't get better than that. Well, I'm, so, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you there. Again, uh, probably the most deserving Hall of Famer in quite some time. Um, I, you know, we, we there was a group chat that I was in where they argued. Well, the Undertaker should be the only one to get in. Maybe some posthumously, you know, is it posthumously, uh, you know, uh, additions. Um, if you go that route, uh, Vader should be a top notch. Uh, I know you and I, you know, we talk about it all the time. My boy. Um, after we get the Hall of Fame package from the Undertaker, we get a really interesting video package promoting Seth Rollins, kind of teasing the fact that he might win tonight. Um, spoiler alert, he doesn't. As a matter of fact, he's the first one eliminated out of the Elimination Chamber. But uh, having this video package for Seth Rollins has, has an idea of, of possibly him getting a push here. Now, granted, um, we'll, we'll get to why it won't be at WrestleMania uh, here in a second because we have reached the main event of the Elimination Chamber from Saudi Arabia. Uh, the WWE Championship is on the line inside the Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley is the champion, taking on AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Riddle, Seth Rollins, and Brock Lesnar. And PJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off here because I did have a few notes in here. Um, <laughs> the spot where Theory goes through the pod um, shows us. I, I, I wrote this. It's a funny note. He goes through the pod um, onto Lashley. Uh, it, it told me that it's gonna have. Uh, we're gonna have to see a comeback late in the chamber. That should open the door for Reigns to interfere and cause less of the match. None of that happens. Uh, Austin Theory gets thrown through Bobby Lashley's chamber. Storyline is that he is in concussion protocol and will not return. Uh, Kate, you know, non kayfabe Apparently, he has a shoulder injury that is going to put him out. I believe three to four months minimum. So Bobby Lashley, who just won the championship back at uh, at the Royal Rumble. Uh, is is out of this match early. He is the first one gone. Um, he does not compete in this match. Uh, we are going to have a new champion. Some fun spots in the match, similar to the women's chamber. Um, uh, Lesnar is supposed to come in after Lashley. Uh, he shoot gets tired of standing in the chamber and kicks his way out. 
uh, stories coming out that, that was a shoot. He was just tired of standing around. So he broke out of his own chamber um, and just causes havoc like he thought he would. Um, again, Rollins, the first to be eliminated with the F5. Um, as I mentioned, Lashley, Lashley will not be coming back. Um, everybody's eliminated except for Lesnar and Theory. Uh, you mentioned that, that Theory sort of felt like that dark horse entry. Um, I would have <clears throat> gen- been genuinely disappointed if they had swerved us all and let Roman Reigns get into the ring and cost Lesnar the title over Austin Theory. Uh, luckily, we did, did not get that. Theory is running away from Brock Lesnar, screaming absolutely hysterical comedy spots here. Um, uh, again, Brock is going around breaking everything in the chamber like the monster he always been. Um, I legitimately got scared because Theory, being the smaller guy, he has started climbing the chamber. And then Brock Lesnar, like a grizzly bear, climbing a tree, climbed to the chamber to go after Austin Theory. Scared the shit out of me because one small move, he, 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 you know, he's not making it back. Um, spot of the night here, an F5 off the top of the pod. Obviously, Austin Theory is not going to land the way that you would normally land an F5. Uh, so they don't show it. He lands on his feet onto the uh, the mat on the outside of the ring. Um, again, I don't remember, remember seeing Brock Lesnar that high up in the air in his career. Um, after the match, uh, after he gets the win over Theory, becomes the new WWE champion. He's already said that he was going to make a winner-take-all match with uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, so we're officially going to get it. But I don't know if you noticed after the match, his legs sort of started giving out. I think the heights got to him. Uh, but nevertheless, Brock Lesnar goes over, wins the WWE Championship again in the Elimination Chamber. Three and a half stars. I did enjoy the match. I didn't like the booking because I wasn't aware of the medical situation with Bobby Lashley. I'm also irritated that they would even think about taking the title off of Lesnar to put it back on him less than a month later. I thought it was silly, stat padding, bullshit. Uh, PJ, I know you weren't a fan of this match. How'd you feel about the Elimination Chamber main event? Uh, for the WWE Championship. Uh, definitely spot of the night, like you mentioned uh, with, with Theory. But I want to touch on something, man. I would have kind of enjoyed if Raiden would have cost Lesnar that match and Theory would have won. It's something different. It's new. Whatever. Not in WrestleMania pro- season, dude. Not in WrestleMania season. He didn't have to defend it at WrestleMania. He gets his ass kicked before he gets there. I, I just, of all the people on the roster, I think Austin Theory is one of those. Now, granted, he's going to get there. But he's not there yet. I would prefer a Tommaso Ciampa, a Johnny Gargano. Uh, well, you ain't going to get Gargano. He gone. Is he gone for real? Like, is he gone for good? I think so. Didn't his contract run out? I, I don't know. Um, okay, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. I apologize. But, yeah, I mean, yes, all those things would be great. But, like, we have to, we have to deal with the, with the cards that are dealt with us. And who was in that match that I think, like, besides Matt Riddle, because Matt Riddle's my boy, and I think he deserves the world. But, um, no, that would have been kind of fun, Austin Theory. Like, you know, um, uh, it would have given me vibes of um, – and I'm not comparing Austin Theory to Eddie Guerrero at all, but it would have been giving give me vibes of no way out, you know? Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. I, I, that I being would said, have absolutely th- hated if he had won. That being said, uh, the, you know, we all knew Lesnar was going to win this. We all knew that we're getting to Lesnar reigns title for title at WrestleMania. Now, my question to you is, do they unify the titles? Uh, so, so two things. One, I legitimately thought Seth Rollins might have won this match based on the video package prior to the match. So 
granted, going in, we thought Lesnar might win. I, I, have, I thought Rollins had a legit shot to win it. Having said that, um, I don't know if they unify the titles. Uh, a lot of people are telling me that they're not going to unify them, that essentially Le- Reigns is going to win the title from Lesnar, show up on Raw, and drop the title in the ring so I don't need this piece of shit, and then leave. I would like them to unify the title. Um, I also think they need to unify the tag team and the women's championships. Uh, they're not going to do that here at WrestleMania because they've already got other other matches. Uh, but um, I don't see well, I, them unifying the titles as far as like a, a going back to one world champion again. I don't see that happening. Let me let me ask you this: Why do you think they should unify the belts? Is it so? Because I don't agree that they should unify the tag team and the women's belts. Those are fine. What's your reasoning for unifying both both of the main titles? Um, is it because you just want less titles, or do you have a reason? Uh, so it was different when you had a SmackDown and a Raw roster that had 50 people on each. Mm-hmm. There's, not, there's not enough talent to need world championship, world champions on both shows. There's no longer, a, there, and there's never has been, a tag team division that was big enough to need two sets of tag titles. Uh, there's no the women's division at this point. That might be your only concern, but they already only have one set of women's tag team titles that are already sort of going by the wayside now. That how, when's the last time you've seen a tag team women's tag team title match uh, since Carmella and uh, Queen Zelina have won it? Nevertheless, how, when's the last time you saw them with the titles on TV? Yeah, I, uh, I, I that agree. matter. Uh, but I think uh, so. Again, the women's championship might have a, a different a different aspect because. And, and there's two reasons. One, there are enough women's wrestlers to have champions on each show. But also, because there is no mid-card women's say, championship. Did you say there are or there are not? At this point, there are. because you Okay, have good, to, good, good, good. Yeah, for the women, there are enough wrestlers to have two titles because um, there are – and here's the big, big reason. Because there are no mid-card women's championships in WWE. Now, granted, I think – AEW calls their TBS championship a main, like a, they don't have mid card titles. They're all world titles. So it's the TBS world championship. Uh, but let's be honest. It's not the AEW women's championship. It's not the AEW championship. It's the TNT title. The intercontinental and the U S title are the mid card titles. They are your, uh, your working man's championships. They are the, uh, go to work every week, you know, yep, yep. Yeah, you keep, know what I'm keep going, keep going. No, so keep going. Because there is no women's mid-card title, the only championships they have to strive for is that main women's championship. So I feel like you could unify the women's championship if you were to have uh the, the mid-card titles. I don't know what you would call them. Um, but as of right now, the women's championships probably could be separated on the shows based on the fact that there is no mid-card title. The tag team titles again. There's not enough tag teams on either show to have two tag team championships. Um, you could have the Usos going back and forth on each show. You could have Roman Reigns going back and forth on each show as the world as the world champion of WWE. You could have them feuding with the Viking Raiders and whatever the the, the tag team of Umberto and, and the other guy um, are, are calling themselves now. Um, on on Raw, you can have them feuding with RK Bro and the Alpha Academy. Um, but again, there's just not enough men's talent on the roster to have two sets of tag titles and two sets of world titles. And that's just kind of where my thought process, that's why I'm okay with them unifying it, but if they unify it, do not ununify it, do not split the titles again, ever leave it alone. 
So why I think they should unify them is because when's the last time the fucking Intercontinental Champion has meant anything? Well, really not since they changed it to that stupid, like, Lego yeah, looking toy e- belt. Yeah, but even before that. Like, I mean, like, the Intercontinental Town, you touched on it. You touched on it perfectly. Those are the, in AEW, those are the working class titles. Those are the belts that really, and like, those are the belts that meant something. You know, and even when the inter, inter, the Intercontinental title, to me, sometimes has more prestige than the world title. That's a given fact. We've known that. That's the working class title. I think if we unify that belt, those belts, rather, we unify those belts, um, we make the Intercontinental Champion mean something again. We Same start the U.S. Champion, too, for that matter. Yeah, but yeah, but even then, the U.S. champion is, is is represented decently. I mean, like it changes every now and again. We have title matches for the U.S. title belt. The last Intercontinental Championship match I can think of is the one where Sami Zayn just defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I just, well, you know, in Shinsuke fairness, Knock was hurt. In fairness, Knock was hurt, and that's but why he then, wasn't then, then stripped the belt. It hadn't stopped anyone before. Yeah, but, I wish WWE would go back to like the kayfabe. If you don't defend in thirty days, the title comes off you. Yeah, it's just so weird that like that belt just hasn't meant shite. And I think that if we if we have one world title and then we have the Intercontinental title, um, I think it'll start to we, we can start seeing more matches with it and make it mean something again. I mean, I miss Intercontinental title ladder matches. I miss the Iron Man match of the Intercontinental title, fucking submission match or something. Um, you know, and I say the same thing about New Japan. They see they fucked up. They. Um, unified their world title and their intercontinental title, so there is no now intercontinental title. That being said, they have several other working titles, which is the never open weight title, the U.S. Uh, title. And, yeah, the U.S. The, they have the United States title. They have the junior, the heavyweight, junior heavyweight championship. So I'm with you, but yeah, I, that's what bothers me the most is that the intercontinental, the intercontinental championship is just not represented the way it should be. And I, I, th- I hope that we lean towards making it the way it needs to be after hopefully unifying um, the champions at WrestleMania. Um, that being said, Frick, that was Elimination Chamber 2022 in Saudi Arabia. Um, did it do a good? Did it do its job? Did it do a job? To, this is the last paper you were going to get before Mania. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we had it, six weeks it, to Mania as of as of that paper. Holy holy shit! Did they did it do a good job setting up for WrestleMania, or do they still have work to do? Uh, you know, it set up the world title picture. It set up sure. the rematch for Bianca and Be- Becky, so we got that. Uh, it further to build uh the Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It, didn't do much for the tag title picture for either side. We obviously didn't get a U.S. or an Intercontinental Championship match on this card. So there is some work to be done. It is going to be another two-day WrestleMania, which, uh, you know, if we're going to be honest, they stole from New Japan. But WrestleMania got so big that they shouldn't have been doing an eight-hour show. I mean, the last time I can remember them doing a one-day WrestleMania was in Orlando. And it was so hot, and the sun was beating down so brutally that by – Three quarters of the way through the show, everybody that was in the crowd was kind of was already just exhausted and ready to go home. Oh wait, what? What? The mania that we went to was one night, right? The oh shit, yeah. I guess it was different because it was in New York, but New York was colder, so you're the sun. The sun and the heat tends to drain your oh, energy. Oh, I was yeah. I wasn't even okay. I wasn't even just remembering the um, the sun or the weather. 
but it it drained it's just her such energy. a long day. Yeah, because sitting in that fucking seat. I mean, we got there at one a one p one a.m. Good God, we got there about one or two p.m. So like, they that is a long day. No argument. Um, that being said, like the only reason that I would hate it being two days is because it takes away from another event. You know, like a Ring of Honor or New Japan or like, and that's not their problem. Of course, WWE wants to do that. They want your money. Yeah. But like, as the fan that wants to try and do all that shit, it's like, fuck, man. Like, now WrestleMania is two fucking nights. Like, anyway. Well, that's um, why the indie shows need to go start doing stuff like uh, pancakes and pile drivers on Friday morning instead of Saturday morning. Like, everybody's going out of town and they're spending the week there anyway. Do some shows on Thursday yeah. and Friday, you know? God, but, I, you know what? That was my favorite night. That my favorite day of that day was that Saturday. WrestleCon uh, and wife, Pancakes and Pile Driver. Yeah, my wonderful wife and I, we went to WrestleCon, Pancakes and Pile Drivers, where I, and I, I, ironically, I have this just sitting here, but my Ultimo Dragon mask. Love that mask. And I got uh, signed by Ultimo Dragon, bought it from there. And, um, and then later on that night, going to the fucking Madison Square Garden, the pinnacle of all arenas um, for New Japan and, and Ring of Honor. It was the so cool show. to just have, have so cool to just to share that experience with my wife. Um, I, I, we weren't married at the time, uh, but I knew I was going to marry that hoe. And um, you know, that's her that last name. Just... Calm down, ESPN. Calm. You wouldn't get that. That's a. I'll I'll explain it off the air. But nevertheless, what did ESPN call women hoes or something? No. Uh, so uh, we're running short on time. I'll try to say it quickly. Uh, I can't think of his name. Ken Jong from Hangover movies. Um, oh, he was doing. Okay. He was yeah, doing. Yeah. He was doing college game day one day. And obviously he's going to do a comedy bit. And he was talking about one of the games he was picking. And he said it was his wife's alma mater. And he says, hey, you complete me, ho. That's her last name. Relax, ESPN. How dare you? And Lee Corso uh, is sitting next to him just like losing. Like, how can he How can he beat that? Good pick. And so then everybody, at the, everybody in the booth is just losing it. But nevertheless, um, PJ, that was Elimination Chamber. We're going to take another short break. We're going to wrap it up with the main event of the evening. Coming up next, stay tuned. Uh, right here on Tab House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdowns sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. And welcome back, everybody, to the main event of the show. Uh, you know, PJ, I'm not sure why we call this the main event of the show, because the main event is the meat of what we do, and we call you that know, Break I, It Down. I was actually but, just thinking that, but I was like, ah, eh, we'll let it go. Uh, but fun. I digress. Uh, we've got, again, we mentioned it in Break It Down, at the end of Break It Down, WrestleMania is six weeks away. We do have AEW Revolution coming up in a few weeks. We also have, uh, again, we mentioned uh, in the opening bell, we are going to do a Booker T uh, deep dive show. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We also have some other deep dives. Uh, Trish Stratus, Goldberg's undefeated streak. Uh, we've got some throwback shows. We also have some watch-alongs coming. Uh, Halloween Havoc 1991, WWE Superstars from June of 1993. Uh, so some fun stuff coming up, and then obviously six weeks from now, we are going to get enjoy going to enjoy the two day WrestleMania. I'm hoping to get Dingo back on the show since he did our two day uh, Russell, uh, Russell Kingdom 
Uh, hopefully he'll do our two-day WrestleMania review. Uh, PJ, do you have anything that you'd like to pitch? Uh, anything you've got coming up for Guardians Warlock here in the foreseeable future? Pitch. Would you like me to pitch? Like our... Uh... All right, Sharks, my name is PJ, and my band is Guardians Warlock. Uh, no, uh, so yeah, we have released a live record, um, and I don't think I talked about that on the last episode. I don't think it was released yet. Maybe I did. Oh, no, I did talk about it. I said at that time it'd be – but now it's all available on all your um, all your major uh, streaming platforms, uh, iTunes Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, um, really cool stuff. I'm really, really excited about it, man, that live record. Um, sounds really fun. The crowd, every time I listen to it, hearing the crowd just go crazy is a uh, really cool feeling. We also have our cover of Ass Man on the, uh, on the record, and we're really, really proud of that as well. Um, got some new merch coming your way. Uh, really stoked about that as well. Um, just cool new designs that we have going into the end of the, uh, towards the year. Holy shit, Bully, I don't know if you saw that list, but we have a plethora of shows coming up. I can't even name them all. Uh, we're taking all of April off to do more recording uh, for uh, a new EP. Other than that, man, we're just playing shows, playing shows, playing shows, best we can. I want to plug something else real quick. It has nothing to do with my band, and I'm actually only plugging it because it's just sitting beside me. But I've been reading this comic book comic book lately. I don't, know if, I don't know if you can see that. It's called Crimson Cage. It's fucking glare. Let's do that. All right. So... Crimson Cage, uh, okay. really cool stuff. I don't know if you how well you can see that album cover, album cover, the the, uh, the comic book cover there. But um, yeah, it's basically a story about a uh, a wrestler that sells his soul to Satan to be the world champion, and and it's a five part little miniseries thing, uh, and you know problems arise obviously from that kind of content and uh but it's really really fun it takes place in like the territory days and um yeah it was rec to, recommended to me by uh greg who owns soundwave comics here in charleston love that man love that shop and so if you guys get the chance if you guys are comic book readers check out crimson cage man it's a really really cool fun read uh it mixes horror and wrestling and a little bit of heavy metal too so it's right up my fucking alley um Frick hates heavy metal and skateboarders and punks, so he's not going to like it. But that's okay. Uh, so free plug uh, for uh, Second and Charles, because I'm actually going to head there after we've had this conversation. I'm going to go check it out. That's this comic book store uh, uh, here in the upstate South Carolina. Make sure you go and follow Guardians Warlock on all the social media. You will also be able to find a link to their live album on the Twitter page for the show at Tapouts and TDs. Uh, so make sure you check it out there. Uh, if you, for whatever reason, cannot find their live album, make sure when you're looking for them on social media, Guardians Warlock has an apostrophe in Guardians. Uh, don't forget to look look for that. But PJ, as always, it has been a pleasure reviewing another pay-per-view with you. I can't wait to have our next show where we are going, uh, again, they're going to review an old show or do a deep dive into a wrestler. Either way, uh, always a pleasure and can't wait to see you again within the next week. So for PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye, for Tap Outs and Touchdowns. I'll be around. <laughs>